Good afternoon, welcome to the Hard Luck Show. Yeah. Certified, qualified, West Side hosts. Yes. Lucky Luciano. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You Woo! are tuned in to the greatest show on earth. It's the Hard Luck Show coming at you from the Pico Youth and Family Center in Southern California. Come on. Santa Monica, California, to be exact. Sitting across from me, my co-host and my partner. Is Chumahan Bowen. American Indian. Southern California. Elegant barbarian. The sadistic one here to bring the dark side once again. Yeah, yeah that's good. Come on. Come and on. We got Sean Lewis on. on sound. Right, Sean? That's right. Blue eyes. Sean Lewis. I think so. Certified audio professional. Hey. Engineer. For the hard luck show, baby. Beating up homeless. One homeless man at a time. Step to me, Yeah, I'm looking at you, motherfucker. What? And showrunner extraordinaire, Mr. Schwartz. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, bring me those uh, slow groove. <laughs> Don't bring up. Uh, hey, 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 don't bring up boom, boom, relatives boom, boom. to come to my house with COVID. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or else I'm gonna yeah. get boom, my boom, ass handed yeah. to yeah. me yeah. by Megan. All the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Boom, boom. Oh, and, who's bringing uh, those visuals, man? Who's bringing those visuals? Ali boom, with the visuals. Ali Baba and the 43. Ali Baba and the 43. Ali Baba and the 43. Hey, hey, Ali Baba and the 43. How you doing, Ali? Ali Baba and the 43. Good, you already know. Visuals. Boom, boom, boom. Ali, that's me. Yeah. Ali, that's me. Ali, that's me. Ali, that's me. Boom, boom, boom. That's it. You know what time it is? You know what time it is. What do we got? We got the huh? death side. Where's Lepke? Where's Lepke? Where's this guy? Where's Where's Lepke? He, he literally, he only lives on this show in fucking sound bites. You got to get him in here, man. I know, bro. Right. Fucking Lepke, Big Lep, Lep 2022. There's Sounds like, like a, a fucking heart. presidential. Uh, yeah, ad, where's know? Lepke, dude? Uh, yeah, I'm going to run a video right now. Okay, go ahead. Where is Lepke? Right? Yeah, where's, where's Lepke? Lepke? Where's Lepke? Where's Lepke? I, We're all looking for Lepke. We can't get a hold of him. He won't come on the show. <laughs> where's Lepke? I heard you and uh, everybody's got something really important for him. I heard you guys might have some merch or whatever. Yeah, let me send that to Lepke. Yeah, tell sure. him to call if he's available. Tell him to call in. We'll get him on. What's yeah. going? Do you know what's going on with him? Uh, um, I'm trying to get a handle on it and see what's good. What's good right now? Have you seen his Instagram posts? I, I, I have. I have. Hold on a second here. Lucky. All right, there. I just hit him. Lucky. Hey, give us a call. Right. All right. So right. Yeah. Yeah, man. Trying to catch up with that guy so he can bring us up to speed with what's going on with him. 
Look, bro. Hey, I heard that he's going to be in the live show with It's All Bad, January 14th. He's going to yeah. be there. He what? Yes. He's going to be <laughs> yes, there. Yes. He is going to be there. We're doing right. the live show, you guys. Right. So I need everybody. Silver Lake, Echoplex. Echoplex and Silver Lake, you guys. It's All Bad podcast, special appearance by Lucky and Lucky. And you guys are going to start it off. That's what uh, Keith and Danny were saying when they well, were Well, man, shit. So get there early. Get yeah. there early. Right. Get ready. You guys are going to kick it off. will be there signing autographs. Yes, I will, he will be there. Be in the front row. I will row. be there in the front row. Yes, he will be. I'll be doing like Sean will be signals. there too. Yeah. Be there. Oh, Blue Eyes will be there. Schwartz, are you going to be right. there? Yeah, I'm going to be there. Are yep. you sure given the pandemic you'll be allowed? Ooh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Hey, unless there's a, you know, shutdown, I'll be there. All right. Ali, are you going to the live event? Thick in the coat. <laughs> we bought you headphones so you could listen to the show January fourteenth. film January 14th. Oh, January you need to get into this he's eating an 14th. apple 14th yeah don't oh, trip OG okay the Duke Majin Tabaco yeah Duke Majin Tabaco <laughs> so alright let's all right. let's talk about the headlines real quick um maybe let's do this we were notified that John Madden had passed away, 85 years old, right? Yeah. Maybe he is synonymous with the word NFL or the acronym NFL. I mean, there isn't anybody that boom, is... Boom, 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 boom. Right. There's nobody more football than John, than John Madden. Madden. No, yeah. that's true. They name a fucking digital football game. And you don't even refer to it as that. You refer to it as Madden. Correct. They don't even say, I'm going to play football on fucking... Xbox, they go, oh, we're playing Madden. Right. Now that's fucking. Right. And I've How much read, money did that guy make off of that? It's reported that he was worth $200 million when he passed away. Fuck, bro. Fuck. $200 million. You got to remember. He this wasn't was... even on TV anymore. No. Um, Fuck. No. no. First of all, his, his career has three phases, if I, if I think about it. Uh, first of all, let's turn to uh, the two football heads in the room. First, I'll go with Schwartz, since he actually played football, uh, Oh, Blue Eyes. So I don't true. mean to rub that in, but this guy slipped a disc or whatever. But he played football for Odessa. Correct, yeah. All right. He did. Right. Defensive tackle? Correct, yeah. All right. Pass rush? Yeah. Chop and Getting chop. Getting after quarterbacks, man. Yep, chop move. I would have made the All-Madden team. You would have. I would have, because there is a certain type of player that makes the All-Madden team. And what kind of player is that? The all Madden team. Let me just give you Jack Youngblood. Do you know who Jack Youngblood yeah. is? Yeah. You know what he's known for, right? He's known for playing with a broken leg. Right. And Madden, the all Madden team, when it came out, I think it first in 1994. All right. Um, was made up of guys who were tough, you know, didn't give a shit. They, they'd have fucking, you know, Grass in the side of their helmet, blood on their jersey. Right. You know, not always the best guys. They were all great, but they were tough and they fucking played the game the right way, which was important to John Madden. Smash mouth football. Smash mouth football. Now, let me ask you this. Why did, what is the all Madden team for Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds who might not know? They might not know what the NFL I'm imagining that fucking Ali doesn't know what the all Madden team is. Ali, do you know what the all Madden team is? No. Nah. Okay, he doesn't know. Okay, so every year, let me just give you this. He he actually summed it up himself. Good. And Go. he said, what does it be, mean to be all Madden? It's a whole range of things. For defensive linemen and linebackers, it's about Jack Youngblood playing with a busted leg. 
Lawrence Taylor wreaking havoc on the offense, and Reggie White making the other guy wish he put a little more in the collection plate at church. It's about a guy who's got a dirty uniform, mud on his face, and grass in the ear hole of his helmet. Right. Okay, so what is the all-Madden team, though? What is it? So the all-Madden team consists of he would take really every position, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receiver, offensive linemen. That was something that he really highlighted. He highlighted the big uglies. All right. Okay, I get that, but what is it? Like so, we got it. He went and picked his personal perfect players, Correct. right? But where would they play, or how? Did, who knew about it, or what was the deal? Well, actually, when it first started to come out, they would come out with it on like friggin' national news and talk about the All Madden team being select. You know, the selections for the All Madden team. He would do it like a, a press uh, a press briefing. Got it. And he would come out and say, "Okay, got it." And he would give a little tidbit about the guys. I mean, you have some of the, the original ones. Actually, I was mistaken. It was 1984 when he started doing it. Joe Montana, believe it or not, was a quarterback on the All-Madden team. Mm. But again, he highlighted guys, and he would, even during the broadcast, he would talk about guys that prior to him were not talked about. The offensive linemen. Uh, he would talk about some guy knocking off fucking four hot dogs in the stands. You know, he would take his telestrator out and be like, oh, look at this guy. He's eating three hot dogs. He's got mustard on the shirt. Right. You know, the guy fucking made the all Madden crowd. So in a sense, Madden was so synonymous with football that he created his own MVP. Yeah. Right? Yep. The press corps. And he didn't need to turn to a bunch of journalists and all this other bullshit to do some voting. He created his own fucking elite team. Did it change the careers of any of the guys he talked about? Oh, 100% it did. And it and it let guys, because there were a lot of people that were attracted to that type of football prior to John Madden coming out and doing an sure. all Madden team. So it really spoke to Fans like myself, because I was always a fan of that type of stuff. When I played, it was the same type of thing. So, um, yeah, he really brought that. What, what injury did you play with? What injury did I play yeah, with? You said I played you with make... two broken ribs before. You did? Yeah, I played with two broken ribs. It was one of the most painful things I've ever had. Every time every time the ball was snapped and I hit an offensive guard, yeah. it was ridiculous pain. And Where? Where would the pain be? Oh, and the whole side, I mean, everything, breathing, every fucking move. I mean, have you ever had a busted rib? Yeah, don't uh, ask me if I had a busted rib. I'm trying to get people to live through your experience, well, motherfucker, because we're on every a podcast. Time, every time, if you have a busted rib, even if you have, like, torn <laughs> rib cartilage, yeah. mm-hmm. you can't fucking hurt. sit down, you can't breathe, you can't do anything. So and you think were about, playing. Yeah, you were playing playing a game. It happened in the second quarter, and uh, it was actually a game against Crenshaw. Against and, uh, Crenshaw. Yeah. Is it true there was a switchblade involved? <laughs> no, but I'll tell you this. When we went to go play Crenshaw, we literally had to roll up to the to the field with our helmets on and shit. Why? Because, you know, they were concerned about, like, shootings and violence and shit. We had to come to the game fully dressed with our helmets on on the bus. Because it, like, it was like that back in the Why day. Why are you bro. laughing? Good luck. I'm telling you, man. That, that's, it's I really could just see them crossing from West LA into like South Central. All right, guys, throw, put your helmets on. Bro, seriously. <laughs> well, this is like, South Central. Oh, it's South Central. <clears throat> you guys dude. saw Boys in the Hood, right? You guys are going to have to You guys saw out. Platoon? Put right. your helmets on. <laughs> dude. Yeah, because a, bu- uh, a football helmet will stop a bullet. It wasn't even, playing Crenshaw wasn't even that bad. When we played Dorsey in the playoffs and they yeah. came to us, it, it was like... <laughs> You never seen that much security. Fuck, I think they had metal detectors and shit. I mean, I don't know, but it was, uh, it was All right, crazy. awesome. So going back to John 
Madden, right? Thank you for that. Going back to John Madden, here's a here's a quote when he talks about linemen because you know what? I was reading up on him and he was talking about. Yeah. He says, "Listen, everybody knows when a lineman jumps offside because they announce the number and he gets a penalty." And he's like, "But you know what? Motherfuckers don't ever know when they do something right." And he's like, he was committed to pointing out as part of his telestrator, which is that thing he writes on the TV with, right? He popularized that. That was part of what he was trying to do was to point out some of the stuff that these guys would never get any shout outs to show what they were doing right. Right. And this is a direct quote. And I believe this because I'm a fucking fan of the Seahawks and they have the shittiest offensive line. I mean, you might as well just fucking put up a bunch of dead bodies with no legs and put them in the front. And this is what it is. Quote. Unless you have an offensive line that can do it, it's all academic, says Madden. You can draw up all the best pass patterns in the world, and they say, boy, what a genius. But if you don't have five guys there that can block those guys that are rushing, your quarterback is going to be looking out his ear hole. And he's goddamn right. That's the beginning. So. He, oh, go ahead. he highlighted one of the biggest offensive linemen who was in that huge Cowboys run in the in the early '90s, Nate Newton, and he was this big guy. Never got any shine, never got any anything. But it was John Madden that really was highlighting all his pancake blocks, all this shit. He What's a pancake block? Pancake block is when an offensive lineman goes to block somebody and literally fucking puts them flat on their back. That's like the best thing. Like you have a defensive lineman, you get a quarterback sack or you stop a running back in the backfield. That's like the best thing you can do. Um, As an offensive lineman, you pancake block somebody, that's like, you know. Look, bro. They keep count of that shit, actually. Right, right. Pancake block. Yeah. Have you ever pancake blocked somebody? No, but I've been pancake blocked. You have? I have, yeah. Is it like a shock to the system when you're like on your back? Fucking embarrassing, bro. But like, it's not, I mean, it is what it is. It kind of happens to everybody and it's usually comes from a direction you're not seeing it. And that's even worse, but whatever. Okay, so let's do a little, Sean, what are your thoughts on Madden? Uh, you know, I grew up listening to him. Like, he was the, uh, he was the thing. Like when it went away, you didn't know, like what you had. Like oh, football shit. was never the same when he went away. Yep. Mm. Right. You were so used to like him and Al Michaels, or him, just like he he brought something like a certain element to all those games that you watched. That just remind me of my childhood of watching watching football. I agree with that. It was so comforting. For, for John Madden to be on the game. Right. He was like a mashed potato casserole. Right? Just big, messy, warm. Like, he was going to make it all right. And, then, you know, you got to remember something, man. He was a commentator. So if you look at his life, there's three phases. There's him as a coach of the Oakland Raiders. Yep. Right? Oakland Raiders. Winningest coach of the yeah. Oakland Raiders. Yeah, man. That, he's, to me, he's synonymous with the fucking Raiders. Yeah. Right. My head. When the Raiders yeah. were the Raiders. With Al. Back with Al. Al Davis. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's the Raider combo right there. Right. Those guys represent to me. Right. Real smash ball, ball football. Yep. Real, like, tough guy. When I'm playing by all the... I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, tough, like he, like he said. That's what the Raiders, Al Davis, that's all win, that. Baby. What? Just win, baby. What that is was, that? That was... Well, first of all, that was Al Michaels. I mean, not Al Michaels. Al Davis's mm-hmm. thing that he said, "Just win, baby." That's what people know about the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. Not the n- newer, younger fans of the Raiders because right. they've kind of lost that. Even right. though his son Mark Davis runs the team, but 
you know, the Raiders back then, I mean, he was, he coached the Raiders for 10 years in the, in the late seventies, like seventies, to early eighties. And uh, ended up leading them to a Super Bowl title in 1976 yep. or 77. 76. To bring the Raiders to a Super Bowl title, I think that's what synonymously tied him in to that place that he's in. For sure. That move right there. That was like the bad boys of football, their coach, winning a Super Bowl. What was the reputation of and Oakland and Oakland Raiders at that time? Bet nobody, everybody talked shit on them. Everywhere they went, they were like the bad boys. They were like the, you know, the dirty mess. They were like these pirate crew. You know what I'm saying? Right. They were in black, man. Yeah. In black. That's, yeah. that's what it is. They were the bad Dark, guys. Yeah. Motherfuckers right. were not trying to be the pretty all-American uh, Dallas Cowboys. Yep. They were like, the, you know, and, uh, and they carried that down. That's why there was such an appeal to Los Angeles. Right. When they came down here. Right. They brought that with them. So, so, but Los Angeles—they didn't. They normally don't have a football team, at least during this period. They had one for a brief period. How does With that all Rams. work out? Well, they did have the Rams. Yeah. They had the Rams, but for I don't even long? think they had the Rams for as long as they had the Raiders. No, they did. They had they the did. Rams a lot longer. Yeah, how long the Rams did they have the Rams for? I, I think even before they came back. Now, I think uh, like they, they were here back in the '60s. Okay, so you had the L.A. Rams, but then they went away to St. Louis or they something? They went away to St. Louis. How the fuck did St. Louis take our fucking team? I don't know. Because they were run by Georgia Frontier, and she took the money and ran with the team. But you know what? They had already moved out of L.A. They went down to Anaheim and still yes. called themselves the Los right. Angeles Rams. And to true old-school Rams fans, they didn't Cut them off from it. there. You know, because there is a difference. Oh, that's a perfect segue. Go There's ahead, a difference ahead. between Orange County and L.A. What that's where that? a lot of your Raider fans come from, too, giving up on the Rams after they did that. True that. And there was like no. Then when they came, they had already, we had already been, oh, we don't have a team. Right. So wait a second. What's the difference between Orange County and L.A. County? Go. Well, there's oh, a big difference. That's a different between, show. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. It's, yeah, a yeah, it's a different show. All right. It's a different show. But, but there's a reason why the Angels even, and yeah, their yeah, owner, Artie I mean, Moreno, calls themselves the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, which is the biggest fuckery I've ever bullshit heard. Bullshit ever. Fuck that bullshit, Yeah, man. straight up. <laughs> that's not oh, real Los man. Angeles. It's oh, not, man. bro. It's not Los Angeles. No. Like, there's, Los Angeles is big enough. If you can't fucking fit into L.A., you're not L.A., LA bro. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it's in where not, you fit man. in. That's like, not, what, what's so I don't know bad? where Anaheim and Los Angeles come Right, but let me ask you a question. Not. How bad does fucking Anaheim and Orange County have to be that you move your fucking team there, but you don't even want to call Claim yourselves it. after the city? Yeah, yeah. Oh, fucking break. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. So, going back to John Madden. Everybody Boom. wants. Everybody wants to be able to to carry that L.A. True, that. that's true. It's it a around. premium name, and it. I live in shame and in shambles that I'm live down in Orange County, and I apologize to each and every one of you. Now, look, John Madden, early life, his first job. First of all, what you should know when he got brought into the Oakland Raiders, his rise from where he was to being a head coach of the Oakland Raiders is almost a miracle because he's the youngest coach at that time, to ever be hired to run a national football team. Okay, he started out in P.E. He was a P.E. teacher. Could you imagine having John Madden for your P.E. teacher? Right, you're playing like pickleball, and he's like, boom, right in the face. <laughs> no, you just got to get back up in there and scream. Dude, I got to see spittle coming out your lip. Now, he was, okay, he was born in Austin, Minnesota. He moved to Daly City when he was five. That's Northern California. That's why he's even in the area for the Raiders to even have heard of him. It's because yeah. he's moved to Daly City, which is kind of outside of San Francisco-ish. It's connected to San Francisco. 
Right, exactly. Um, the he was he got a football scholarship to the University of Oregon. Okay, he was a duck. Uh, he redshirted though because he had a bum knee. Something happened. He had a bum knee. He took a year off. He went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo to play football. His knee gave out, and it was over for him at that point. He was no, he was drafted by the Philadelphia yeah, Eagles. He was. He was. He burned out though. Twenty first round, right? Uh, knee gave out for good. Uh, he got a master's in education. Lived in Pleasanton, which is not far from Concord, where uh, old Blue Eyes and I first met. Then our, our so honeymoon when, was in Walnut Creek. So when he gets that, when he gets that scholarship, so that's cool. And it and he failed and he fucks up with his knee. That scholarship still got to carry him through and give him an education. It, well, I don't know how it's set up then. But what happened is he got the scholarship and he got redshirted, so they put him out for a year so they wouldn't start the clock, right? On his went, eligibility. On his eligibility. And during that time, he, he, I read he was saying something to the effect of like, ah, I just really didn't want to. I didn't ever saw myself in an office. I'm not an office guy, right? I'm not going to sit there and wear a tie and walk around and talk to these bumble dicks. So he's like, fuck it. I'll just drop out of Oregon. And then he got... Pulled into San Luis Obispo and he played. Then he got into Philadelphia. He was a 21st round draft pick for the Philadelphia Eagles before his knee finally gave out. That's not that's not two shaps. No. We got a Philadelphia guy right here. Right, Schwartz? Eagles fan, baby. Eagles fan. How are they doing? They're going to make the playoffs? They, they might. They might. If we went out our last two games, man, we got to, uh, we got to play the fucking... I was going to call them the Redskins, but I don't want to do that. They're so I don't Washington give a shit football about team. Oh, no, no, I wasn't worrying about you. Yeah, good. <laughs> don't worry about Don't worry about me. I don't care about it. No, I, no. I Redskin with pride. Then brother. we got to play the fucking Cowgirls fucking last game, and, you know, it, it's fucked both those teams all day. All right. Mm. So, and anyway. so then he started coaching in the 60s while he was a PE teacher. John Madden uh, was at Allen Hancock College, um, and he was an assistant football coach. Nine years later, from okay, so think about that. PE assistant football coach at a college no motherfuckers ever heard of. John Hancock, who the fuck is that? Alan Hancock, <laughs> I don't have no Herbie Hancock. I've heard of that. Nine years later, he's the head of the Oakland Raiders. That's a that's like a meteoric. I mean, you can't really uh, the process now. Look at that old fuck over at uh, the Buccaneers. How old is he before he even got a Super Bowl? Oh, Bruce Arians? Yeah. He was in his 70s. Right. No, but John Madden initially with the Raiders, he was like a linebacker's coach or something, right? That's right. Yeah. He started out as a linebacker's coach, but during that nine years, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Even from there, he made it to head coach within that nine years. So he was a linebacker's coach, and then they had another coach that decided, fuck this team, because they weren't winning a lot. I'm going to go take another job somewhere else, a head coach. And out of nowhere, Al Davis says, it's John Madden. And so John Madden gets in there, and that's when he became one of the winningest coaches ever. His percentage, he won three out of four games. Yep. And that was, he, had a, he was the first to reach 100 games in 10 years with the same team wins of anybody. And that was at a time when there weren't as many games played in the right. regular season. How many do you think were played back then? There was only 14 or 15 games There's played 14, back I think yeah. it was. So 14, and he's got that highest winning average. Um they had gone to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl two, right? Yeah. And they lost. The Raiders lost. 
Then the next like eight years, they had this winning yeah. thing. They had this winning seasons and everything, right? But the issue was they would get to the playoffs and somehow they get knocked out of the playoffs. Super Bowl eleven is when they won the fucking Super Bowl, and it, they carried them onto the field. They carried, carried them off Madden, the field. Yeah. yeah, John Madden off the field. And which that, is it, which is for a coach which, or a player, it is probably the highest honor you can get honored by your teammates in that way yeah and and th- i think that i really do believe that that even those images of them carrying him right i think that's what really because that team represent that team for some reason like america right could buy into that blue collar team oh 100 he rep really represented that guy in that space he was a big dude he was burly you know how you're like he didn't tie his shoes like he was like this kind of like football savant right and and he and he and he probably fit an exterior that a lot of guys that watch football could kind of do you get what i'm saying absolutely sure. the body type the right the right time the right team the right persona and and this is something that is like you can't duplicate that kind of stuff. This no. guy People tried to. This no. guy no. was straight up. He was one of those guys like John Madden. When you looked at his face, it looked like he was wearing a football helmet because he had a permanent <laughs> crease in his eyebrows, right? And he was six four. Yeah. He was a big two seventy five six four, right? And he would smoke these cigars that were like a foot and a half long. Walk around, right? Untied shoes, and he really—I mean—he was a sloppy dresser, right, right, and right. that was part football back then, but right, right. It wasn't. A, I remember reading this thing, and I put it in our 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 chat threads, but about how he was saying that, and he was talking about Tom Landry, he was talking about all these yeah, other guys, right. right? He was he was with those dudes, and he was saying like, there's a lot of coaches out there that think discipline is about you know shaving and getting a haircut and wearing a suit and tie after the game. Right, keeping it clean, high and tight. Oh, he's talking about fucking, fucking Cowboys coach. Yeah, Tom right. Landry Tom with right. his suit and fucking top hat, and and fedora on the sidelines. Right, and and uh, John Madden said that's bull. He said that's not discipline. He's like, what's discipline is third and ten, and you don't jump off sides on a crazy snap. That's discipline. Yep. And he's like, I that's. That, that type of discipline where you're looking clean after the game, that don't help you win games. And I'm all about winning. And he and he said, so give me a guy that looks like shit but never jumps off sides, and I'll take that guy over a pretty boy any fucking day. Yeah. That's discipline. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Yeah, he's and he was the ultimate players' coach. I mean, his players at the time for the Raiders, yeah, they would have literally run through a fucking wall. For yeah, them. yeah, yeah. You know what? There was a story where there was one. Of, so the Raiders were known as the Bad Boys. They were also their defense was fucking hardcore. And I can't remember who it was, but one of their defensive guys hit a guy so hard that he was a paraplegic. John Madden felt so bad on the opposite team. Now after the game, not during the game. After the game, he felt so bad about what happened to him that he routinely visited that guy um, with his family, with John Madden's family, and remained close to them and took care of them and brought him shit and all this other kind of stuff. He had a huge, 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 huge heart. And that guy said, I don't know if I, you know, I have a lot. I mean, that guy, John Madden, loved the players and he really cared about me or whatever. And he helped that family through that tragedy to the best of his ability at that time. You got to remember, that guy didn't take plane flights, right? He didn't like flying. Nope. He was scared to death of flying and went everywhere in a bus uh, known as the Madden Cruiser. And that shit was decked out. You know, the guy made more money. He was able to make it it pretty sweet. But, you know, Fox and CBS, where he was at before Fox, they literally engineered their entire schedule around where he could get to in a timely manner with the Madden Cruiser. So when he got that Super Bowl, right, shortly thereafter, he retires from coaching. He was he, burnt and out. they're on his ass. He was, Network got, is on him, huh? Oh, yeah, almost immediately. Right. Almost immediately. And he was like, I he, for a year, he was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I don't care and I don't He was do. built for Network, dude. That guy. Oh. You know, it's so fascinating that we say that now because we've got, you know, hindsight. We can see how clear. But I think if you looked at the state of media at the time, I don't know that it would have been so clear for other people because there's two types of commentators. There's play-by-play and there's color, Mm -hmm. right? And the play-by-play, you usually last longer in a play-by-play because you're not on the hook for saying cool shit or being interesting. And a lot of guys that did color would switch over to play-by-play and to, to have like a more secure job. But Madden was built for color fucking commentary. Yeah, and his, his broadcast port partner that most will remember him with, Pat Summerall, Summerall. was one of the best play-by-play guys yeah and so it evened they, out it oh, averaged it evened they out. vibe so well together i mean and and initially they talked about how you know john matt, matt pat summerall wasn't really stoked with the idea of getting right. paired with john madden right and uh but they they just they worked and then they became very close. yeah because you because those dudes are close bro oh yeah those time. dudes are like you see, they're out together and shit together. He's the they're, only, they, they, John Madden's the only commentator to have commentated on every network. Did you guys hear what Vin Scully said after John Madden passed the other day? No. He said, uh, he put out a tweet or something like that that said that uh, him and Summerall were, would be calling games in heaven from now on. I mean, he right. actually he actually called a Super Bowl with John Madden. Vin Scully did, because Vin Scully used to no do way. all the big events. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he talked about it being a great, um, a great experience and a learning. He didn't want to do commentary originally. Then when they approached him, he was like, "I ain't gonna do that. You guys are a fucking media. You know, put me in some kind of weird chicken suit, and I'm gonna have to sit around and do all this bullshit." And so he said, <clears throat> his agent begged him and said, "Listen, you can do five, and then you can quit if you want. Let you see." But once he hit it, it was like a duck to water. There's also something else that was going on in his broadcasting. And the reason that there's a reason that they were able to bring him all over the place. 
and that is that he was one of the first guys that would be broadcasting, and you know, like you're doing play by play. Yeah. John Madden would be like, you know, I was with so and so on Tuesday at his da 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 da, da or I was there, like, and he had these relationships with all these players, yeah. And he'd bring that experience to the show, and you know, these newscasters that didn't know how to do anything, right? They weren't part of the community of football. And broadcasting. You get right. what I'm saying? Yes. He was the first time that a guy that could actually like, and he'd bring on buddies that played football. Right. To guest appearance. Right. And he was able to go into locker. He was able to get access. Right. And tell these stories from the inside that nobody knew. And that was like, I think that's really what John Madden offered early on. Right. And, and so in, in a sense... Uh, so for us, the Hard Luck Show, Steve, you're the John Madden. You've got the relationship. Yeah. Listen, I don't know Boom. why you got to undermine when I'm complimenting you, bro. I love you, and I'm trying to compliment yes. you. Okay. I'm trying to. It's a great analogy. Thank right. You. It is a great analogy. Right. Yeah. Except you tie your shoes. I've seen it. <laughs> All right, but the issue is, is like you, you have the relationships outside, and you're in here broadcasting, right? Sure. You've been now, in the field, been so the to field. speak. And so, right. Now, I think is a perfect time since we're talking about relationships and background and the stories that John Madden could bring. Oh, Blue Eyes, you got a clip of him with... he got on the D- a Letterman show. Oh, see, that's what I'm talking about. Right. He got on the Letterman show, and he tells this fucking great story. Um, do I need to set it up any more than that? The only no, guy other than no. him that's a sports announcer that's coming on that show yeah. is Howard uh, Cosell. Ha- Howard Cosell. Right. I mean, it's like those two guys are like the only right. two guys. Right. right. Go ahead. Especially play nose tackle. That's uh, why they wear those big face masks. Now, you have, a, you have another theory about uh, facilities, locker rooms. I really think, I mean, I, I, I seriously feel this, that, that the more money that players make today, the, the more sparse their locker room should be. Stop. And I think we- Stop. Do you hear that? The more sparse. The more money they make, the more sparse. Now, listen, this is art of war shit. This is Sun Tzu art of war shit. All right, go ahead. I love that. When you pay a guy millions of dollars... And then you have these big, thick carpets and so on, and you let him come in. He forgets what football is all about. Oh, and they don't man. like to go out and play. Wow. And I've seen wow. it happen. I really believe years ago it happened to the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, they were a great football team. Then they got Arrowhead Stadium, and they had thick carpets. They had these whirlpools of 10, 12 guys. Well, H- Hank liked like, that. Right, Hank Stram right. liked stuff like that. Good carpet well, and so yeah, on. Yeah, he did. Well, talking about Hank, locker room, see, at Oakland, we believe... And nothing. We wouldn't even put a yeah. carpet on the floor. Yeah. We had the floor and the towels. We'd throw some towels in and towel yeah. on this carpet. Right. But, I think he was foreshadowing yeah, That was one of the advantages I always felt that, that, that we had in Oakland, in the Oakland Coliseum, yeah. is that it was tough to come out there. We had great fans there. The other team, coming out, they would really get on, really boom. And being down there below the locker rooms, it was... You know, kind of dirty and musty and stinky and, and so on. And <laughs> now you're talking. Stuff. Kind of like King yeah. Sammy's balls. Yeah. And our guys kind of love that. Yeah. You know, the Oakland right. Raiders. Well, one time, we were playing the Chiefs. and uh, The Chiefs again. It was yeah, the day before the game, and I was walking out of our locker room, and I was going by the visiting team locker room the day before. I saw about five or six guys out there, exterminator-type guys, and I asked them what they were doing. They said, well, we have some rats. We found some rats in this locker room, in the visiting team room, and we're trying to get rid of them. I said, get rid of them. Baloney. I said, feed them. Yeah. Don't get rid of them. Uh-huh. I swear, I wouldn't let them do it. I said, get out. We'll pay you. Whatever you want. Leave. Leave the rats. In the vi- you know, if you yeah. found some. 
So now we're playing <clears throat> the Chiefs the next day. So I'm the host coach. So I figure, well, you know, you got to be a good host. So I went up, and it was <clears throat> the Chiefs were in the locker room. This is a couple hours before the game. Right. Locker rooms before a game are very quiet. Mm, right. So I went up, and I knocked on the door, and I said I'd like to see Hank. And Hank came up, so I talked real loud, and I said, Hank, listen. Right. We have a problem here. There's some rats in the locker room. Now, we're trying to get rid of them. <laughs> we're trying to get rid of these rats. We'll do something. We're doing everything we can about this right. thing. But, you know, and you can see the players. They're afraid to put their helmets on. They're checking their pants and taking them off. And, uh, yeah. But those types of things, uh, <laughs> I think, mean, help. That's, that's, you know, when you talk about home field advantage, yeah. that's what you're yeah. talking well, about. Well, that's good. good. <laughs> right. He's, he's trying to yeah. use every yeah. strategy yeah. he can, yeah. but I think that's really fascinating that he says that, you know, you pay a guy millions of dollars, you should put him in a fucking... It fucking is everything. Right. It's everything. Um, well, we have got to do a show, bro, on... On that topic. Dude. What topic? It's it's really about staying inspired, staying hungry. Eye of the tiger. Stay, yes, and how you can lose that. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree I with... Like the gifts that you want, if you're not careful, they're going to end your push. That's why... So it will slow your ass down. All of a sudden, you'll just be like, oh my... Gotta wake up. Hey, that's I what lay in my fucking water bed all day. That's what Rickson Gracie's talking about. Yes, he's dude. like I didn't. Yes. I did not yes. get involved in all that shit because I wanted to be able to have my fucking bones up. in my eyes broken and still have the heart to get up and finish the goddamn fight. That's the yeah, truth. Dude. Comfort's your enemy. Never forget that comfort is your enemy. If you're not hungry, if you're full, you're fucked. If you're getting enough to eat, you're fucked. You're laughing. Scared little boy. Uh. Scared little boy. <laughs> oh, we're going to go to a training camp, bro, where the big rats are. Big ones. Hey, I wanted to ask if you know Schwartz. I don't know if you know or not. Yep. Was he the first announcer that was actually a head coach? You know what? I think so. I was going to say that when Steve was saying that. It brought that up about him having the relationships and knowing kind of coming from the field up to the booth. Because now that's all it is. Yeah. You know, and Ex players or whatever. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, that's... Uh, now listen. How old? Wait, look at lay down. Go ahead. How old? How now? And I think about things like this, and you're probably starting to think about them too, or you will be. Yeah. How old? Now, how old is Madden when he died? When he passed? How Eighty-five. Old Eighty-five years old. Okay. Would you be? Would you be? Would you say that Madden football, as we know it, right? By whatever company's making it, would you yeah. say that EA Sports? Okay, would you say that twenty-five years would be a good amount of time to say, you know what, that shit really started kicking off twenty-five years ago. That whole football thing. Yeah. That is that safe? I mean, really got listen, going. Listen, 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 listen. Twenty. Listen, listen, listen. No, no, I'd no. Say twenty-five. Listen, okay. listen. Okay, you're going in a great direction because he's retired. Okay, hold on. He's commentating, right? Mm -hmm. He's got about 10 years or something like that of commentating under his belt. So he's already developed a Telestrator, which, by the way, he taught a Telestrator class at UC Berkeley. You could have taken a class. At what age? I don't fucking know. 35, 40. Okay. Something like that. Now listen. Listen. The thing that carried this guy through more than anything else is his passion for the thing that he was doing. 
Of course, I believe I, it has to be because this guy was doing things at seventy years old, right. bro. Yeah. At seven, guys are cashing in their chips at my age. I talk to them every day. Right. They don't have no fight left in them. Right. They don't have no fucking nothing. They're looking away. They're looking at how quickly they can get to the couch and put their feet up. Even though this guy did Miller Lite commercials and would run, and he was talking about fame. He's like, even when I was the Oakland Raiders head coach, right? And then I burst through the paper and like a Miller Lite commercial or whatever. He said, then I became known as the guy that ran through the paper. And he said, fame is crazy. He got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Now listen. Boom, did, tough acting to act. He did fucking foot cream. Makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Foot spray. I used that shit. <laughs> Now look at he didn't it stop. He didn't stop. He didn't. This guy's fucking no. 65, 70, and on the huge deals. Right. Oh, and still okay. making shit happen. He got he got That's a hun- fucking inspiring. He got 150 million in 2005 to let EA Sports use his name, Madden, forever. Which that was a fucking amazing deal that EA made. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. So listen, yeah. you got to... It was amazing for both of them. Hey, oh, it was amazing for both of them, but I, oh. I think if you look at oh. what it's going to be down the road, yeah. a lot of people don't know that he That's... was actually on the NFL competition committee. Think, wait, wait. If you really listen to what Chumahan just said, that's got to be the ultimate dream of anybody. Oh, we're going to pay you this enormous amount just to use your name forever, Right. Or we're gonna pay you X amount of money to use your music forever. Like that's like. Do you understand? Of course, you want that to happen. Do you understand how much work you've had to put in so that your name has that kind of value? Do you recognize that? Like, like everyone's like, "Oh, I'd love to have my name on it." Yeah, but like, how much work have you done? And who knows about it? Who knows about it? And when you, he's written ten books, and I think it's important to look at <clears throat> when Silicon Valley started to actually come up is when Madden NFL started to rise. Yes. Okay. Yes. He came up almost at the same right. Like you couldn't have planned it better. Nobody knew what like was Like his happen. professional career. Not it, football and education. But as he started, that's when all that started. His fame was probably at the highest level when it was just right for the real football game to get started. Because Schwartz, before NFL Madden, what were the football games like? Ten yard fight, Tecmo Bowl. It was bullshit. bullshit. Yeah. It was bullshit. And he actually wanted to do the video game as a learning device and it really became that. There are many people you wanted who to use learned, it in the locker room, right? Yeah, but they there were many people that literally learned specific plays. Listen, oh, you, re- you learn the, the whole route trees, right? Right, just, just from playing Madden. Listen, right. let me, and by the way, it's fucking legion. How many professional players also play Madden? It's legion. Oh, but didn't for you also sure. say that like the, the 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 thing that they use in like they use like a a, a a version of that game now in coaching? Listen, he listen. So let me take you back. So there's a guy named Trip Hawkins, okay. Trip Hopkins and another guy, Ibarra, his second in command, his fucking Pancho Villa, right? This dude was what they call a fanatic for Stratomatic, which is kind of like a very complicated Dungeons and Dragons meets um, fantasy football. It was fantasy football in its early stages. You had to roll dice and all this other shit, right? And But this guy, Trip Hawkins, was into it. You know who else Trip Hawkins was? He was also employee number 68. At Apple. So he was in Apple at the ground level when Apple was becoming something everybody would learn as a Macintosh, all that bullshit, right? And he had figured out, all right, that if he could make a real, 
like weird science. You know how like those two nerds wanted to make like a the digitized chick. chick that would aerobicize and breathe and like oh. be real. He was trying to figure that out for football. He because he was in. So as he was putting it together, now they went through lots of different guys to kind of put their name on it, right? The guy that they wanted, let's see if I, I think Bill I Walsh was one of them. Hold on. I think I got it right here. Let me see if I can find it. I made a fucking ton of fucking notes, bro. You'd hate to be okay. that guy. Right. Oh, I was almost mad. But they went to mad. Lamar Hunt of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep, Hunt. Okay, and he was offered a chance to get in, and he told them to go blow fucking smoke up their His ass. His family owns the Chiefs. And, um, they. Uh, His family owns the yeah, and they they started the AFL, which ran alongside the NFL, right. and they basically they came together. And then they they offered he wanted Joe Montana next. Now you got to remember, Hawkins is a Bay Area guy, right? He's at Apple, San Mateo, uh, and he wants uh, Montana, who at that time was legend. I mean, still a legend, but he was famous, right? Montana was already signed up with Atari, so. The next guy that they went after was John Madden, who was also in Pleasanton in the Bay Area. So you got to remember, think about that. Like this dude, all of the things that you could that were conspiring to make a game like John Madden, computing and yeah, football. Yeah, wouldn't have happened anywhere else but Northern California. A hundred percent. Right, right, right. Now Madden, just like the guys just said, Madden was like, I want to make a coaching simulation game, like a real one. He had all the tech people in his fucking he part wanted, of the state. He wanted to make, and he thought that would be real cool if we could do it. And so he said, yes, let's go, right? If you'll help me make this thing. And he was offered, on top of whatever he was paid at those early days, because the early days, like 1992 or whatever, I don't know what the initial upfront money was for him, but they offered him stock options of EA Sports at seven bucks. <laughs> and he said the stupidest decision he ever made in his life was that he didn't buy any other stock. He said that was the dumbest decision I've ever made. So that lets you know where Madden's head was at. He was really interested in creating a computerized coaching simulation, and he didn't really still have an understanding of how big video games were going to become. They actually came to him in the production phase, like the early phases of producing that video game, and they said, hey, we got a problem. We can't really get 11 versus 11 on the field. And he said, no dice. Yep. They said, we can do seven on seven. He said, seven and seven ain't fucking football. Yep, right. You either get 22 motherfuckers on that field or there's no dice. I don't give a shit. That's not football. Right. That's not football. And Ibera, however you say his name, Y-B-A-R-R-A, Ibera, that guy's job was to code the 22. And he logged in 18-hour days sweating his fucking guts out, cranking and cranking and putting all that information in. And they used John Madden's playbook. And John Madden, as soon as he was on, was explaining to them all the variables for football. Rain, sea level. Is the ground right. at sea level or higher? All that bullshit, right? And he started drawing fucking plays right there. And those drawn, hand-drawn sketches are in frames up at EA Sports. That game up to date is reported to have made $4 billion. I'm surprised it's not more, to be honest. With I you. think it is more because yeah. I read that and I'm like, that sounds a little low. but And so... The more he got in, the more he drove these guys to make this thing as fucking real as possible. As fuck, First of all, it's not only that, people have made money on the game. They have, for many years now, they have big money tournaments oh, huge. for people who fucking play incredible. Madden. I mean, dude, I going back in the early 90s, I used to fucking 
take people's money daily off that shit. But it's, you know, and it, a lot of people make money playing, you know, that's a different topic because they do it on a lot of video games now. But right. Madden was really the first that they started yeah. doing that. Yeah. Madden was also a smoker. He smoked cigarettes. He didn't want people to really notice that, yeah. so he didn't smoke like, go ahead. You know what I heard is uh, he was giving an interview and he said that when he was playing for Philadelphia and he got hurt, that when he was hurt and rehabbing, one of his teammates was watching film and he was like what's wh why are you watching film and he started watching film and he said that as soon as the guy started explaining what was going on he completely understood the whole field right. and that he fell in love with the game again so it what i think it really he really owes a lot of his career to getting hurt you know because if, yeah. if he hadn't gotten hurt he He's, wouldn't have been a head coach you know what, man? There's a lot of stories like that in not just football, but every sport that because they had an injury, maybe they were a middling player. I mean, he wasn't a, a stud right. player. He was a middling player forced to go on the sidelines and look at the game from a different point of view. Right. And he really, I'm sure that's where he honed his coaching in, his teaching style, and eventually his broadcasting style. Raiders. And his broadcasting style was really, like, straightforward. Like, the whole boom, right? There's people who theorize and everything, but John Madden just said, look, I wanted to talk like the way football players talk, the way we talk down on the field in the locker room. I want it to be straightforward <laughs> and, and, and have impact. There's something about a certain type of, like, when you were saying body type. Yeah. There's, like... Like, subconsciously, people are already going to look to a guy that's taller to lead. Right. Okay? There's sub, like there's things going on that we don't even know that we're paying attention to. Sure. And I'm telling you that he really represented or was the guy that comes back to the pad with his buddies and the 12-pack of beer, mm -hmm. the guy that works, busts his ass, you know? Monday through Friday, so he can watch a ball game. That guy wanted to be talked to by him. You get yep. what I'm saying? Like he's the guy that they wanted. It, it made sense, bro. And yep. and and I don't know how you, I don't know how what you even call that or how you package that. But he embodied that man, and I yeah, think was, that people saw the value in that. I was he, talking to Chewy on the phone, and he said that Madden was really inviting to all like middle America and like coastal Americas, like the liberal right. parts. Right. There's something so about the coach, like the coach from Green Bay, the original the coach from Green Vince Bay. Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi. Right. There was something about him that people associated at that time with football. He they was that still, guy, you know? still, still associate do. Lombardi with it. Right. There's, there's, I don't know, man. It's the kind of like the crazy and the fucking Sarah and the fucking, and he played football. Like, I don't know, man, but there's certain people take on these positions in life and they fit very well and people become invested in them. That's who they identify synonymously with a certain thing. I'm reading Scottie Pippen's book right now. Oh, Jesus. I'd love to know what you think about that when you're done with it. Okay. Um, and he says, you know, that what makes a great coach, because he's talking about Phil Jackson. Mm -hmm. He says, what makes a great coach is that the players want to play for the coach. Yes. I think that that's, that's ultimately when it comes down to it. Yeah. That is either, if, that, if that's happening, then the guys are putting in that type of effort, then they're champions or not. 
Right. right. They're not coming up with that on their own, man. It, one thing about every championship team, I would say if you sat them all down, they have an an affinity or something for the coach. That goes yeah. far beyond the field. Remember he was saying that they'd run, like, motherfuckers will beat somebody's ass over their coach. Right. When you have that type of loyalty, right. and the coach has an objective, yeah. then he knows how to make that work, right? right. You know but going work. back to the art of war, that's part of those five factors of generalship that he's talking about. And if you get the art of war book, yeah, this is a plug, I don't give a fuck. If you get that book and learn about it, you'll learn, like, this applies to football, this applies to everything in life, which is your team has to want to fight for you. Brother, it's, it's the difference between having a fight and you're fighting for something you're right in or you're, fi- or, or you're fighting and you really shouldn't be in the fight. Right. You know the difference? When you're fighting for something that you believe in, yeah. there's a different type of energy different type of energy dude and and um you know i think that we also find that in um other situations that might not be like team sports but might include stuff like war sure anything physical how they're religious to their captain you know or their you know whoever's commanding you know well, that's why some that's generals will run like george washington or fucking julius caesar they'll run to the front when the fighting gets tough they'll they'll expose themselves to fucking risk and death in order to show the men that he's willing to fight I, there is there is see there's the part of 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 madden being a big guy yeah. and played fucking football that's and got right dry. there's a huge piece of that yes that's gonna get the attention of the guys on the field and he knows what it's you're like. really one of us right so see, i think part of it all starts there right 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 and from there you, you build upon it but you're right man and it's uh yeah man there's something deep in playing f- for a coach but there's a lot to that dude it's like that's what we don't understand about Madden. Because you could take this all into like management skills. How you talk to how do you get fucking seventy-five guys on a staff? Let's just say how do you get a hundred guys yeah. to love you and want to go to battle for you? How do you do that? How what's the psychology? How do you come in and start relationships with a hundred people that don't know you? And now you're gonna get them? to love you what are you doing you're doing something and then you're going to get the whole world to get behind you the whole on the world same page. absolutely so what is it that he embodied as a man you know i think that's the big question and that's i think that's the specialness about this guy why we're having this talk right now and you can't put your finger on it but yet you know it sean what do you think this man embodies that was able to be so broadly appealing and inspiring and successful at it he didn't I drink. I'd love to hear what his players. <laughs> he didn't drink. <laughs> By the way, you guys, I'm just letting you know he wasn't. Wow. He sold beer, but he didn't really drink that much beer. That, that might have sucked cock too. <laughs> you know, but you know, we don't know. No, I don't think so. I'm just letting you know he didn't drink. He might have sucked the cock, bro. I know you don't think so, but he might uh, think so. Well, I mean, we can't ask him now. No, I'm just joking. But no, he didn't drink. <laughs> on okay. this on this day that we were lying, there's a lot of guys that somehow. don't drink that don't do what he does. So. Oh, that's true. I'm saying that's one so, of the factors. Sean, okay, what okay, else? Okay. I was just going to say, I'd love to hear what his his players said about it. His play, I mean, uh, a yeah, lot we of could players. listen to that. Yeah. Well, then, wait, wait. Here's what I'm getting. At. Here's what I'm getting. At. Two months. The fact that he makes that statement about that clip, how you yourself. Start getting a little bit too cushy. Yes. Start ch- Somehow, if he's talking about that, somewhere in him, he's applying that because he believes that. Yeah. And it would make sense because he 
produced for so long so much that there was probably something that he was doing to keep himself. Well, one of the other things that's known about him was that he was an avid reader. Constantly reading. God, man, he's already on to two things just like Juman. Don't drink. Avid reader. Oh, he's also 6'4". I ain't, I'm 5'6". Six. Six, Listen. Me. You multiply that by two you're when six, you're, you're there. I could be. Listen, but that's fantasy talk. That's fantasy talk. Now, listen, look. The other I don't thing, play fantasy football. <laughs> so then he also, before he had the RV, he was riding in trains. Trip Hawkins at EA Sports, they pitched him the NFL game on a train between Denver and the Bay Area. And now when he would be on a train, <clears throat> he'd get up late. Eat a a brunch. He liked to mix lunch and breakfast. Right, lobster they, rolls and for breakfast. Right, exactly. <laughs> Dipping them in fucking like that too, poison sauce, right. all that crazy shit. Right. <laughs> then he would fucking get up and he'd go around. Now, one of the other things he loved to do was talk to regular people. Just talk. Sure. He would fucking go up and down these cars. Right. And he said, when you're on a train, time has no meaning. Right. Yeah. True. It's true. And he would have yeah. this giant cigar and he'd walk around with untied shoes umping down this fucking train. And nobody was telling him, oh my God, you got to take that cigar outside. Well, that was You're back. you got to sick. That, oh, God. Right. No, that was maybe back when you could still smoke in places. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. Right. Even train cars. Right. Yeah. And, and he would even go to the drink car, but he wouldn't drink. And he'd hang out and just talk to fucking people all over the place. And for him... His train was a big office. He would prepare for commentating. He would t- write notes and think about shit and everything. And that would, which would lead him to doing some of the extra behind the scenes stuff that almost only he could get away with. Like, I feel like if somebody showed up and they were like trying to do a telestrator marking on like, on 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 mm-hmm. on Troy Aikman's face about how he can't grow a beard, mm-hmm. right? He draws on his chin. He's like, "Got a little peach fuzz right there. Nothing up here." See, if you do that, you got to give up. I don't think anybody other than John Madden could actually get away with using. How expensive do you think network time is at that time? Seconds. How much did they fucking co- expensive as fuck? They would go down a weird rabbit hole with John Madden because it was gold. He yeah, could waste even his garbage was gold. Thirty seconds on a fucking blimp. He would talk about blimp and wonder, why the fuck is the box underneath? Why would right, you put right, it on right, top? Right, 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 right. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. But it, it was, was gold. $30 million. But it's, cra- it's crazy, right? Yeah. So I just want, I just felt like, and you felt like, and we felt like, and the team felt like we're all football fans. We're coming up to Super Bowl Sunday pretty soon here. And that we should give some sort of discussion about a legend. A tribute. Yeah, man. Yeah, a the tribute. Goat. Right. The goat. The goat. The goat. The goat. Without goat. question. Fuck yeah. yeah. Okay, and then Schwartz, you said that was number one in the celebrity death pool. Who else are the other two? Well, we had Betty White yep. passed away. And then we had R.I.P. to Betty Dan White. Dan Reed. Hey. Yeah. R.I.P. to Betty White. She was who else? Do you ever Days see that? short of her hundredth birthday. Hundred and ninth, I thought. No, no 99. she was 99. Okay. But she made it to fucking New Year. Yeah. She did. New wow. Year's no, Eve. Yeah. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. She, wow. she was the last of the cast. Big shout out to my Golden aunt. Girls? Yeah. Big yep. shout out to my Aunt Bernice. My Aunt Bernice is 106. Wow. Yeah. Big shout, shout out. out to Aunt Bernice. Wow. Shout out to Aunt Bernice. I love you. She beat out Betty White. Yeah. Well, you listen. Ever seen, you ever seen photos of Betty White when she was young? Yeah, she was hot. She, she, was yeah, she looked like Lana Turner. You know, we're going to get on that. <laughs> we're going to get on this show because we talked over. This was a great episode, by the way, guys. Great episode. Um, 
we t- we topped over some things that we are going to talk about, man. I, and we're going to talk about some stuff, man. We should do a cigar okay. show. Because back to, back to you know, you always say, like, we know people that can do stuff for a month. We know some people that can even pull off 45 days. Oh, or... Two months, they can do real good. They might even be able to do five years. <laughs> but can you go 85 and not stop? Smash mouth. Football. This motherfucker <laughs> probably mouth did more in his second half of his life than he did in his first. Think about this, man. This guy's like a mogul starting to really tear shit apart at 50. Yep. Oh, easily. Think about that. Easily. And another one is that guy that's supposed to be one of the wealthiest guys in the world. He didn't start making money until he's 51. Yeah. 90% of his Warren Buffett. Right. 95% of his wealth. Schwartz, there's hope for you, brother. There's hope for me, too. And me, too. Yeah. And Sean. And Sean, too. And Ali, Ali too. Ali's not even there yet. He's still 22. Ali's Ali's got all the time. You know what I want to do is, I just hope that, like, Ali, when you're on some huge set. Yeah. Calling all the shots. Right. And we want to come down and, and we want to come where you be like, hey, man, these are my friends. They get to walk around the set. Look, right? Ali's like, you won't forget about us? He looked at you like, "Why you insulted me, okay. bro?" That's All right, good. Mean. And good. Oh, by the way, Ollie, excellent on the timing today, brother. Thank you. Good job. Showed Thank up. you, sir. Sure. Good job, Schwartz, this yeah. week on your fucking pre-interviews and all that stuff. You did yeah. good work. Good job, Schwartz. Good job. Thank you. Oh, blue eyes. Schwartz, we get blue eyes always on it. Always on. Do you mind on it? Steve, Listen, please. Come on. I, I think together. The president, the uh, president. I think together. God. Together, guys. Everybody, one with this is that we're hoping to move into the new year. And continue to build greater and greater content to share with you guys. And Let's may, have a great 22. And may your first child be, be a, a masculine, masculine one. <laughs> Adios, amigos. Right, the Hard Luck Show. Bro, hey, I'm like a magician. I'm like shit. I might. It's like Twilight Zone. I might go in and might not come out. So you know. <laughs> Round one. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.